Oh man, Feast Week is almost here, and in between all your turkey and parades and Cowboys football, and maybe even during all that, there's a ton of great college basketball to watch, including Andy Patton, potentially the best MTE field we have ever seen. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. We are your host, that's Andy Patton. I'm Isaac Shade. What a joy it is to be with you. Man, we are so close to my favorite pre-March week of college basketball. If you want to get in on this and have more conversation with us about it, come join the Locked On College Basketball Discord. The link is in the show notes. Great conversations going on all day long. This episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to make sure that you have the uh, right people for your team, and that's why you got to get in with LinkedIn Jobs, where you can do it faster and for free. Post your job right now at linkedin.com slash college Terms and conditions apply. Andy. It is a big MTE extravaganza today. For those who don't know, that means multi-team event. That's all these like Thanksgiving week uh, tournaments that go on. We just call them MTEs. Get that acronym in your head because we're talking about it all day long. So we're going to talk about Maui. That's the biggest one. The Battle for Atlantis. That's the other biggest one. And then we're going to do a little quick run around of some others. Um, and what's best of all, you don't even have to wait till next week. There are tournaments starting literally today, Thursday. So, Andy, let's get right into this Maui Invitational field because legitimately, I have raked my brain to figure out if ever I had seen a more loaded MTE than this one, and I just cannot figure that out. Amongst these eight teams, there are nine previous Maui championships. Let me give you the field in order of FanDuel betting odds. Number one team in the nation, Kansas Jayhawks, plus 175. Tennessee plus 320, Purdue plus 340, Marquette plus 500, Gonzaga plus 950, UCLA plus 2000, Syracuse plus 5000, and poor Chaminade, no odds listed. Andy, here's everything you need to know. We have five of the nation's top 11 teams, and Purdue, which is second in the nation, has the third best odds in their own MTE. Mm-hmm. That's how bonkers this thing actually is. So, Andy, let me ask you this question, and we'll unpack it this way. I just said it. We have five of the current AP top 11 teams in this bracket. That means that the way an eight-team field breaks down, we are guaranteed that one of the nation's 11 top teams will leave this event with two losses out of it. So my question to you, and I'll answer it as well, who is going to be that team that cannot get out of here with more than one win? Man, it's what an incredible field for starters. I mean, just unbelievable that Gonzaga is the 11th ranked team in the country and the fifth ranked team in this MTE. That is just unbelievably unprecedented. UCLA is receiving votes and is sixth. Like that is an unbelievable field. The the way that this has come together is, is spectacular. I think you kind of have to default to thinking it could be Gonzaga. Gonzaga has a really tough first matchup against Purdue. They did not play well against Purdue last year. This Gonzaga team obviously looks a lot different. Uh, I don't think that they are dramatically worse than last year's team, but they're not necessarily better either. I think that they have a really high upside, but are they going to be able to show that upside by November 20th? Probably not. 
so how do they how do they handle Zach Eady? They can get out and transition a little bit more than last year's team because they have a better point guard in Ryan Nemhard, but they're probably they're going to struggle against Purdue. And if they lose against Purdue, I favor them against Syracuse, assuming Tennessee beats Syracuse. But then after that, they're playing you know either Marquette or UCLA or, or somebody like that. And I think there's a there's a real chance that they end up being a team that drops two. Uh, dark horse candidate, I think, is Marquette, depending on the health of Tyler Kolek. That was a team that played really well against Illinois, but uh, they don't have a ton of depth. I think you said it before we started recording. They had uh, three players score more than five points. I don't think anybody else was over five. That's, right. for that That's team. exactly right. Yeah. And Kolek was one of them. And if he's in any way uh, limited, either he's out entirely or if he's not at 100 percent, I could I, I think they probably sneak by UCLA, although there's I, it's not not a guarantee that they beat a, a good UCLA team who's still kind of finding themselves. Uh, but even if they do that, you know, if they lose to Kansas, they got themselves another game there. Uh potentially against Gonzaga, potentially against Tennessee, Syracuse, who knows how it shakes out. But uh, it's hard for me to imagine that one of these teams ranked in the top 11 is going to come out as two losses. But like you said, that's the way the tournament's going to work out. Somebody's going to be in that situation. It's a mathematical certainty. That's why, and, and that's just the guarantee. There could be two or more of these top 11 teams that mm-hmm. finish with two losses. Andy, for a lot of the same reasonings you just said about Gonzaga, I'm going to go with UCLA as my, as my mm-hmm. team that winds up one and two mm-hmm. uh, because I do think, you know, again, depending on the health of Tyler Kolek, uh, three games in three days with his ankle, but I think it'll obviously, I mean, it was plenty enough against Illinois on Tuesday night. And now he's got, I know they got to fly out to Hawaii um, mm-hmm. and it, we haven't said yet, but our thoughts continue to be obviously with the community there in Maui. Yes. Uh, glad we're still able to get this event in mm-hmm. uh, in Hawaii itself on the islands. That's awesome. But I think he'll be fine for that game against UCLA. Too much Tyler Kolek and UCLA loses, but then they're going to kill Chaminade, who will mm-hmm. lose to Kansas. And then it's just UCLA probably uh, against Gonzaga. And mm-hmm. in, in that scenario, um, wait, Andy. My reasoning is all flawed here. UCLA is not one of the top 11 teams that we're looking at. You should have stopped me earlier. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Gonzaga. You're mm-hmm. right. Everything yeah, I, I just said is incredibly wrong. Uh, so <laughs> Gonzaga is my play for it's that. It's not wrong. It's just that UCLA doesn't count as one of those teams. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. So mm-hmm. um, then to, the, to that point, I would have to go with Gonzaga or Marquette mm-hmm. on that side. Although, what can you imagine? What if, what if it's Kansas? Yeah, could be. Kansas beats Chaminade. Mm-hmm. Listen, if Kentucky has enough to go with with Kansas, Marquette mm-hmm. certainly does. Yeah, and then who knows if you know, depending on who they go up against after that. So lots of you know, everybody's going to assume you're going to see a Kansas Purdue championship, but like, I'm not saying I'm putting a bunch of money on this, but like, if I'm not going to be surprised at all if when we're watching this championship game on Wednesday evening, if it's Marquette and Tennessee, like that's not going to shock me at all, especially if Kolek is healthy like that could 100% be the matchup that we're getting here. Kansas playing in a third-place game potentially against Purdue uh, is incredibly fun, and you get what Gonzaga and UCLA in a fifth-sixth game. Like this, There's a lot of, of really fun games that are going to come out of this tournament, regardless of, of which of those teams ends up with two losses, which of those teams wins at all. I, I, all these teams are going to be better basketball teams on November 24th than they were on November 20th, and I think that's what makes these things so dang fun. Andy, you didn't even say the team that's actually going to win. It's the Tennessee Volunteers, my man. Yeah, They're taking so. this thing home. That's what I'm putting down on it right now. Mm-hmm. I just, I just feel it in my bones. But we'll yeah. see. I'm going to be dead wrong, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm going with Tennessee. Andy, uh, lots of fun. By the way, this tournament is Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, it'll mm-hmm. be starting, you know, all day 
Monday starting at 2.30 Eastern, wrapping up that last game tips at 11.30 Eastern. Finals are on Wednesday uh, all over the place on that starting at 2.30 Eastern and wrapping uh, the, the fifth place game tips off at midnight Eastern, uh, which I guess is technically Thanksgiving Day at that point. So, um, Andy, it's it's again, what a phenomenal bracket that we've got here. Um, and it's so interesting because you got to reckon with things like, would you rather be on the championship bracket side and lose the third place game, wind up with a one and two record? Or would you rather lose your first game, get on the loser's bracket and wind up potentially having a two, one record. If you win the fifth place game from a, like, I want to do well in this tournament standpoint, you might want to go on the winner's bracket, but from a resume standpoint in the teams uh, that you're going to be playing, I think I'd rather probably have the fifth place option. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it kind of depends on, on, on conference as well. Like Gonzaga's in a situation where they want two wins. They want two wins out of this thing badly because two losses for Gonzaga hurts their resume more. Even Gonzaga has kind of ascended past uh, the, a lot of the committee really kind of not dogging on the WCC. They've kind of gotten past that point in the last half decade or so, but every win counts. And for Gonzaga, like two and one versus one and two is significant in terms of a potential seed boost for them in March because they don't have as many opportunities for quality wins. UCLA, I, I, the Pac-12 is not great this year. We already saw USC lost to Irvine. That hurts them. So, so UCLA is another team where I think oh, maybe they want two wins rather than necessarily a higher seed in the tournament, whereas Purdue or Tennessee, they might be more okay with finishing fourth as opposed to fifth, even if they have to take two losses. So I think that that's kind of my thought on it, and I think it does depend team by team. But like I said, every team's going to be better out of this thing, and I know that that's what the coaches care most about. Oh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Well, Isaac, North Carolina and Villanova last year in the Phil Knight Invitational, that's kind of where both their seasons went a little awry. And now both teams one year later meet together in the battle for Atlantis, and both teams have an opportunity to potentially right the ship. Uh, Villanova's already got a loss on the year. Can they make some noise in this tournament and potentially kind of save Kyle Neptune's, uh, at least make his seat a little bit colder? We're going to talk about that after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. Folks, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You all want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and most qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps find the right people for your team faster. And they do it for free. It's honestly super easy to create a free job post. And then you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word they are hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates who have just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, now it's time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by another of today's sponsors, Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Tyler Kolek in Tuesday night's win at Illinois in the Gavit Games, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Even on that kind of bum ankle that we were talking about, who knows at what level of health it's at. But Kolek delivered 24 points, six rebounds, four assists, and two steals, helping uh, bring around that Marquette team that only had three dudes scoring in double figures. 
Athletic Brewing has over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. And the brews are fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity more enjoyable, like watching one of these MTEs next week. You know it. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. Again, that's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. So, Andy, we switch our attention from Maui to Atlantis. And this, you know, it's not quite the field that Maui is, but we do have three ranked teams and we have two teams that are in others receiving votes that man for you and I, these are very intriguing teams, very intriguing teams that have made this field a lot better than I thought it was even a week or two ago. So let me run you through the competitors. We've got uh, in terms of FanDuel's betting odds, number 20, North Carolina at plus 330, number 14, Arkansas at plus 350, number 21, Villanova at plus 500, um, others receiving votes, Memphis at plus 550. Also others receiving votes, Michigan at plus 650. Same odds for Texas Tech, Stanford at plus 900, and then Northern Iowa at plus 5,000. Andy, the battle for Atlantis kicks off on Wednesday and will wrap up on Thursday. First round matchups, North Carolina and Northern Iowa, Villanova and Texas Tech. That's the top half of the bracket. Bottom half, Michigan and Memphis and then Arkansas and Stanford. That's the last game there on Wednesday. So, Andy, here's the first thing for me. Talking about that bracket, it is a bummer, a big bummer, that these two ascendant teams that you and I have talked about earlier this week, Michigan and Memphis, actually have to face off in the first round. I would rather see them on other sides of the bracket, maybe working all their way to the championship game. But, Andy, who do you think, When's that first round matchup of teams that we'd love to see in next week's AP top 25? First of all, I think it's just funny that I, I know we read off the, the rankings right now, but by the time this tournament comes around, Villanova is not going to have a number next to their name. I suspect that Michigan probably will by the time the AP poll comes out next week. Uh, but yeah, certainly a, a bummer that Michigan and Memphis are, are dropped, grew each other in the first round here. I understand why that happened. I think there's a lot of really good games here. Uh, but again, Nova versus Texas Tech is probably the next most competitive game that we're going to get. Michigan and Memphis is kind of a, a level above that. Certainly, you you hope North Carolina doesn't have issues with Northern Iowa. Stanford just got beat pretty badly by a good Santa Clara team, but uh, the kind of game where you would expect Arkansas to, to handle it there. But yeah. Michigan Memphis is going to be fun. I think I, I have to lean Michigan right now because of the way that they have played, the way that they looked uh, in that in that win over St. John's. I mean, this is a, a phenomenal team. I think Memphis is better than St. John's. I think they will put together a, a more competitive uh, game overall just because they have more continuity. And Rick Pitino's team was a little bit all over the place in that game. But that's a team full of talent, and Michigan beat them pretty good. And I think Michigan's going to handle this one too. I think Memphis has a chance to make some real noise on that kind of consolation bracket side. But uh, give me Jawan Howard's team here, the Wolverines, uh, potentially securing a victory against Memphis and making some real noise in this tournament. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how uh, – I, I can't remember Michigan's next game after that one from – 
uh, Monday night, but really excited to see how Doug McDaniel and Namari Burnett follow mm-hmm. up that that kind of joint performance that they had. That was insane. I can look up their their next mm-hmm. game here in just a second. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I would take Michigan in this one, and then that that makes for a very intriguing matchup with Arkansas on Thanksgiving Day. Boy, 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 mm-hmm. that'll be fun. And in fact, this bottom half of the bracket because of Michigan and Memphis's ascendancy uh, makes this the more intriguing bracket half for me of the battle for Atlantis. Andy, you mentioned it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was was just agreeing with you. You're good. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You said it in your teaser, and I think this is an intriguing point. So last year coming into PK 85, uh, Villanova had just lost to Michigan state and then they got swept by Iowa state, Portland, and somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Do what? Oregon. Oregon. Yes. Thank you. And then North Carolina beat Portland in their first game, but then lost to Iowa state and then lost to Alabama in that Epic four overtime game. And then right after that went to Indiana and lost in the final ACC big 10 challenge and then went and lost at Virginia tech. Mm -hmm. So as you said, four game losing streaks for both of these teams last year, we're about to find out a lot more about what both of these teams are this year. And that's going to happen. Andy of those two, who would you feel better about right now in terms of both their performance in this tournament and their season? North Carolina. And honestly, it's, it's not that close. Uh, and, and that's not even, that's not even be being super high on the Tar Heels right now. I think they have some very legitimate questions about how things are going to work. Baycott and RJ Davis look really great, but how are the transfers, you know, Harrison Ingram, we haven't seen the best version of him. We certainly haven't seen the best version of Cormac Ryan. Uh, and I'm not, necessarily a complete believer that Hubert Davis is the absolute answer, but all of what is going on in North Carolina, I think is in a worse state uh, at Villanova. Justin Moore is, is incredible. And my goodness, he looked absolutely awesome. in that team's lost to Penn. He looks like a legitimate all American, all big East caliber player, but the rest of that team did not look good. I believe in Eric Dixon, but Hakeem Hart's playing nine minutes and not taking shots off the bench. TJ Bamba has been inconsistent to say the least. Like, I'm not a huge believer in Villanova right now because because I watched the Penn game. Like, honestly, that's basically the reasoning. They did not look good. They had six assists total in that game. I, I Kyle Neptune, I think it's a little too early to make any super rash decisions, but if they perform similarly to what they did in PK in this tournament, we're going to have some serious questions. I mean, if this is a team that's playing Stanford in the last game or Northern Iowa in the last game of uh, the tournament is the seventh, eighth seed, and they're, you know, struggling with Stanford or, or struggling with Northern Iowa, we're going to have some real questions about Villanova because the talent they brought in, in Hakeem Hart, in TJ Bamba, in Lance Ware, like they brought in some real talent into this program and they get Justin Moore back and they have Eric Dixon back for another year. Like, they're running out of excuses. And I think that North Carolina hasn't been super tested yet. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that they're uh, fantastic this year by any stretch. I think they're properly ranked in the low 20s. And I think that they do have a good chance of winning this. But my favorite is Arkansas. And I think Arkansas is is probably a lot of people's favorites. And I think they're the most uh, put together team in this entire tournament right now. But uh, North Carolina looks better to me than Villanova. And I think that at the end of this tournament, that's how that's it'll play out that way. By the way, going back to to what I said earlier, uh, Michigan State's next or Michigan State Michigan's Michigan. next game is Long Beach State tomorrow Friday night. That's their only game. Shout out uh, former former Gonzaga head coach Dan Monson coaching exactly. the Long Beach State. Exactly. So 
Uh, should just be a little bit of a tune-up there before Memphis. But as for Villanova, let's not forget, they play Maryland in the Gavit games tomorrow night, Friday night. So mm-hmm. they've got a tough test even yeah. before they get to Atlantis. So we'll be keeping tabs Man, on that. Villanova-Maryland is a, is a game that two weeks ago would have had a lot more excitement than I right. think it's going to actually end up having. <laughs> That's honestly so very true, <laughs> Andy. Um, yeah, it it's so odd with Villanova. I, I just mm-hmm. can't figure out like what – what's going to happen here with this thing you you yeah. said it about hakeem hart and we just we just need more from mm-hmm. from a lot of this and uh well i'm really intrigued to see that maryland game even though yeah. it's got like a different kind of intrigue now yeah, than it did. exactly uh because both teams got got some things to figure out here um andy i'm with you I, i'm taking arkansas to win mm-hmm. this tournament i feel like they should have no trouble with stanford honestly the the michigan is the michigan game tougher then whoever they face from the top side of the bracket, if it goes that way? it's Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, I'm trying to look at the bracket here. So if they beat Stanford and they play Michigan, they beat Michigan, they play either Carolina or Texas Tech, probably maybe or Nola, Villanova. I guess. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think Michigan, that's probably the toughest game for them. If they beat Michigan, I think they probably win this thing. I, I, they're the best team, hands down. I think in my mind, they're the best team, the way Brazil's been playing, the way that the the new guards have been playing for that team so far. I think they're the the, the squad that's the, I don't want to say heavy favorite necessarily, but definitely the team I'm projecting. But yeah, that Michigan game, if Michigan gets, even if they play Memphis, Memphis isn't going to be easy either, but that that's the game that they need to get by in order to win this thing. So Battle for Atlantis might not have the same level of intrigue in terms of top elite teams, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of questions I think we're going to get answers to in yeah. the Battle for Atlantis next week, Andy. Yeah, the Battle for Atlantis, uh, many other years would be the top MTE of, uh, in the entire year, but that Maui field is just so ridiculous. But but Isaac Maui and, and, and Atlantis are not the only strong MTEs, despite having a ton of the best teams in college basketball. There are a handful of other fantastic tournaments that we want to predict after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community every single week. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and total receptions. Folks, prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on a two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in for Thursday Night Football. Lamar Jackson, 224 and a half passing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals. I know that Cincinnati defense is great, but give me the over there for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So go to prizepicks.com slash college now and use promo code college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college using that promo code college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Price picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Isaac, we covered Battle for Atlantis. A lot of intrigue in that tournament, especially with the way Michigan has been playing. We covered the Maui field, which we've been talking about since like July, as how ridiculously (laughs) stacked that field is. And frankly, none of those teams have made it any worse. Kansas looks great. Purdue looks great. Gonzaga looks solid. Tennessee has looked improved. Like that field is just unbelievable. 
un, un, unbelievable. But there are other tournaments. There are a handful of other fantastic tournaments with a lot of ranked teams. And I want to start with you, Mr. Shade, and talking about which other MTE, if for some reason you were told you don't get to watch Maui, you don't get to watch Battle for Atlantis, <laughs> what tournament are you picking as your most intriguing, most interesting tournament that you are most excited to watch outside of those two? Well, first off, if you told me that, I would cry tears of sorrow because I've been looking forward in particular to Maui for so very long. Yeah. So uh, don't do that to me. But secondly, uh, if you made me do that, I've been debating between the ESPN Invitational and the Empire Classic Benefiting Wounded Warrior Project. That's a mouthful. Um, and Andy, it ah, I keep going back and forth. I'm going to go with the Empire Classic, and here's why. It's So it's Yukon, Texas, Indiana and Louisville. And these games are um, starting this Sunday and then finishing off on Monday. It's it's funny because Louisville is kind of the shamanade of this mm -hmm. event, which is why I mean, can you oh, think of man. it? Poor Cardinals fans. I know. Like, can can you think of a typical college basketball year? If I told you you had an event with Yukon, Texas, Indiana, and Louisville, mm -hmm. we would lose our minds. But right now it's like, cool, Yukon and Texas. Right. Yeah. Normally, Texas would be the least intriguing team. <laughs> yeah. In, in a, uh, honestly, a lot of ways. By the way, congrats on getting Trey Johnson. On yeah. Wednesday. Huge. That's a huge. Huge pickup for the Longhorns. Way to go. Um, but, Andy, here's why this one intrigues me. I've been curious to see what UConn actually is. I picked Texas as one of my final four teams preseason. Indiana has some interesting parts, but not they're not really doing it yet, mm -hmm. you know, and Louisville, my goodness. Uh, we'll see. As, as we talk, they haven't yet played. Is it Coppin state? They're playing the night on Wednesday night. So, yeah. so uh, we'll see what happens there. Dear goodness. They got to win that game. <laughs> but Andy, I'm really hopeful to see a Yukon Texas matchup. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the reigning national champions versus a team that should have made the final four, but didn't quite get there mm -hmm. as they uh, just dropped it to Miami. I like the talent on both of these teams in a big way. And uh, just, I think it's, I went with this one because that matchup alone intrigues me more than any of the matchups from the ESPN Invitational. Mm. So waiting to see that one. So I'm also not going to pick the ESPN Invitational, but I was very close. So I do want to read the teams that are in that tournament mm -hmm. since we were both very close. Do it. I love that. Picking them. Um, FAU is the favorite betting odds uh, at FanDuel at 250. Uh, Texas A&M uh, is also at 250. Then you have Iowa State and Boise State, two teams that are receiving votes. I personally had Iowa State in my top 25 last week. They have one of the top five defenses. Uh, in the country at Ken Palm right now. Uh, but then the, the reason that I'm a little lower on it is that the kind of the bottom half uh, are not a lot of teams that really intrigue me. you got Penn State, who hasn't looked great yet. Virginia Tech, who hasn't looked great yet. VCU, who has frankly been disappointing this season. Butler, who has been okay in the games they have played, but I don't think is a particularly great team. So for me, that's kind of the reason the yep. ESPN Invitational is down a little bit. I like the top end uh, of the teams in there, but I I'm not super intrigued by some of the, the bottom teams. So for me personally, and by the I, way, Andy, let me just say that, that uh, those games are Thanksgiving Day, yeah. Black Friday, and then that following Sunday. Keep yeah, going. Great, great. Uh, I'm I'm going with the Continental Tire main, main event, and I'm frustrated with how this has been, uh, how the bracket shook out for the four teams that are in this. I'm picking. What are it we because, doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I'm picking it because I, I'm a, a West Coast guy. I follow a lot of West Coast basketball, and this has three. Two intriguing West Coast teams, another West Coast team, and then uh, then Xavier. Uh, but the the way it shook out is you have San Diego State, St. Mary's, Xavier, and Washington, and it shouldn't be 
San Diego State versus St. Mary's. That should not be the first round game. It is kind of astonishing that that is the way this bracket has shaken out because you have Xavier versus Washington, which frankly, not that intriguing of a game. Washington just has not looked good this season. They lost to Nevada. They, they haven't played well. I'm not a believer in Mike Hopkins. I think this team has talent. Severe Wheeler has played well. Paul Mulcahy has played well, but I, I'm not a big believer in this team. I think Xavier should win this one, but Xavier isn't super impressive to me. They, they played Purdue decently well, but uh, San Diego State and St. Mary should be on the opposite side. Uh, both teams that were ranked a week ago. Neither team is ranked right now because San Diego State lost to BYU, of course, uh, and St. Mary's, shockingly, live on the show, by the way, for those of you who watched or listened right. to That's Monday's right. episode, St. Mary's lost to Weber State. Uh, but those are two very, very good mid-major West Coast teams. Both of them should have an opportunity. They should be playing in the championship, and they're not because of the way this bracket was set up. That frustrates me, but I'm still very intrigued to watch these four teams get a chance to compete. This tournament starts uh, this Friday uh, at 9.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus between San Diego State and St. Mary's, and then next, like basically midnight on Friday night between Xavier and Washington. And then the finals will be on Sunday. Yeah. Andy, same kind of situation as we had with Duke and Michigan State in the Champions Classic. One of those two teams that uh, you yeah. know we we projected to be a phenomenal mid-major team is going to have a second loss yeah. by Thanksgiving. So that's what we're looking at here, Andy. And th- and that wasn't. Let me just point out one other field that they didn't get the bracketing right mm-hmm. at all either, and that is the Rocket Mortgage. <laughs> Rocket Mortgage Fort Myers tip-off. Good grief, mm-hmm. it's like a bowl game. Uh, we've got Wisconsin, Virginia, West Virginia, and oh, SMU. Yeah. Uh, clearly, it needs to be Wisconsin and Virginia in the championship game, but no, they are playing each other in the first game. Andy? Oh, that's really bad. That's why, are, why are we not organizing? We need a locked-on college basketball MTE, and we're just going to pick all the uh, all the wrong games uh, and just put the wrong teams against each other. SMU is going to be in a championship of that yeah, tournament I mean, potentially. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh goodness. Andy, it cannot wait for these MTEs. It's going to be electric. I'm going to be just sitting there in my Thanksgiving turkey pants <laughs> eating trying to not expand my waistline too far, but goodness, I can't help myself. It's going to happen. We all know it. Uh, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to hear what MTE you can't wait for. Let us know in the comments or come find us, join the discord and we'll chat about it there. Actually, Andy, as soon as we're hanging up here, I'm going to go talk about MTEs in our discord. That'll be a fun conversation. Folks, don't, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on video and audio. If you're watching, smash the like button. So we know you are here as always. We want to say apologies to the lawyer family, particularly if Purdue doesn't win Maui. Go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, when Andy will be right back with you. Peace.